Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. It is so good to be back. Uh, and it's really good to not recognize most of your faces. It really is. That means God's been doing some phenomenal things with bringing people in, and it's good to recognize some of your faces as well. Here, Stel. Oh, warms my heart. Um, my wonderful wife, Cindy, <clears throat> we've been married for six years, uh, and we've entered into a, a new season in our marriage. Uh, we have a 15-month-old son, Daniel Richard Rass, Dr. Rass. Um, <laughs> I did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he's at home. She's putting him to bed, and that's why she can't be here. She really wanted to be here tonight, but she couldn't make it. So that's where they are. Um, they send, well, Cindy sends her love. Daniel's not been here before. Um, uh, as, as Wally mentioned, one thing about Wally is I, I've, I've just done three years of ministry school at Bethel, and we, and we listen to a lot of incredible, uh, influential speakers. They, they get these people, and you, you'd recognize a lot of their names. Some of them you wouldn't. Um, <clears throat> people that have been in ministry for decades and decades and decades, and people uh, that are fairly new to, to ministry but seeing God do incredible things. And I'll tell you this. <clears throat> very often in my first year, listening to them speak about the kingdom and speak about kingdom leadership and, and what a kingdom leader looks like, very often I sat there going, well, they're describing Wally Gersmeyer. <clears throat> really. Uh, they are describing Wally Gersmeyer. And my, um, my what, what's the right word to say? I just, I grew in uh, my affection for Wally, even when I wasn't here. Sometimes you don't really know what you've got yeah. when, you, when you're with. Like familiarity can, can sometimes lower your expectation of what's inside of people. And, uh, and being away, I just realized, man, uh, he is golden. Yeah. He is golden. Got a heart of gold. That man is brilliant. Would you turn with me to Romans yeah. chapter 15? I used to, <clears throat> I walked away from God, <clears throat> just coming out, out of high school, and probably for about four years, I wasn't walking with God, and he moved me from Durban, in his grace, to Cape Town, and uh, I had a, a very good friend, I have a very good friend, uh, Brett Anderson, who kept inviting me to, hey Amy, uh, I'm going to probably be doing that. I just see people I haven't seen in ages. Um, <clears throat> invited me to come to Life Group, and I was like, no, Brett, no. But he was persistent. He kept on inviting me. And eventually, uh, along with uh, what God was doing in my life, uh, as, as someone who was rebellious and running away from him, Brett's invitation started to have an impact. And uh, I remember sitting in the sound booth with Brett uh, one, one evening, and Anton Trudeau from Heartbeat Church was preaching. Um, I don't think I listened to a word of what Anton said, 
but I was just waiting for the end, for the altar call, and I, and I stuck my hand up. And, and as Wally said, I started a, an incredible journey with God. <clears throat> I had the, the privilege to lead worship. Um, one of the marks of this church is worship. A depth of intimacy and in worship is, is something that this church has pioneered in this area. Uh, we've seen some incredible times of worship, um, and, and it's definitely a big heartbeat of the leadership here to see uh, the, the expression and the revelation of who God is through worship. <clears throat> and so uh, I got to oversee worship for a couple of years before heading off to, um, to America. And, and that whole journey of going to America was, was a very interesting adventure that God took my wife and I on. And in this adventure, he, he actually revealed himself as the God of hope to me. So I've always been a, a hopeful person, um, pretty optimistic, and God just took myself and my wife on a journey, and he really deepened in us uh, the revelation of him being our hope. And so to really make the slide work, we'll just say God is hope. <laughs> God is hope. What a great series. I got to hear Mark last week speak on the Holy Spirit. That was phenomenal. <clears throat> I really do feel like a, a son in the house. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm a visiting preacher. Um, there's been lots of, lots of tears, lots of sweat <laughs> shed on this stage uh, during worship. And it's just, again, a privilege and an honor to be here. <clears throat> Before I, before I start off, um, Kate, uh, I recognize something on your life of incredible leadership, like high-level leadership. Um, you're a lady that's got the ability to see things and bring order to them. Um, God's actually given you the ability also to bring order to people's internal worlds, like teach people how to live well and live well internally. Um, I really see you actually... Um, teaching people to, to live a life that will have longevity and leave a legacy, um, not to be swayed by emotions. I see you as someone that, that really is going to set a lot of people free from, from being up and down, up and down, and really learning to value life, value life. Yeah, just saw that on you. Okay. I was preparing, and I believe that tonight, God, by His Spirit, is going to give people their hope back. Some of you have lost your hope. Some of you have lost your hope, and God tonight, I believe, is going to give you your hope back. He's also going to set some people free from a foreboding spirit. Some of you have been having thoughts that you think are your own. They are not your own. And, and what foreboding is, is an expectation of something negative to happen. Okay. So tonight God is going to break off some of you that, that constant, I expect something bad to happen. So we say, yay Jesus, yay Holy Spirit, come and do that. <clears throat> Are you guys still in Romans? Great, I'm not going to read it yet. <clears throat> uh, I would define hope... Uh, as the eager expectation of good. If you look it up, it's the eager expectation of good coming. And in our 
our circles where we're from, we add a little bit extra onto that. And we say, hope is the eager expectation of good based on the knowledge of God's nature and the revelation of his promises. Okay, so hope is the eager expectation that good is coming based on the knowledge of God's nature and the revelation of his promises over your life. Many of us don't really hold onto or grasp fast onto this thing called hope. It's, it can sometimes feel like a very dangerous subject, uh, and mostly because many of us have faced disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And the, the problem with that is if we've let go of our hope in the face of disappointment, then we've really allowed our circumstances to define our, our doctrine, our circumstances to define our theology, our circumstances to define truth. <clears throat> In Romans 15, verse 13, Paul says, May the God of hope, it's a big deal, when he lays claim to it like that. The God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. About, not just have hope, but abound in hope. <clears throat> we are to abound in hope. I don't know about you, but I don't always abound in hope in every area of my life. You know, there's some things I'm hopeful about, and there's some things I just... <laughs> I just don't have that much hope. And God is taking, taking me on a journey, I believe he's taking the church on a journey, to grab hold of this part of his character, uh, in the church and to become a bright shining light to our cities and to our nation as a people who abound in hope. I was thinking about it. One of the things that will really make you stand out in your city, stand out in your workplace, is if you have a different perspective on the current circumstances that are happening. You will automatically stand out, you'll pop, your, your light in that area will shine uh, because we all know what it's like to have uh, people in the office, even sometimes in our home, my family, we, we experience this, where we speak about the government <laughs> and there's not, there's not always a, a, a lot of hope with that, that um, a particular subject. In in a book written in the 80s, Francis Frangipani, I think it was called the, it's a great name, called the, the Three Battlegrounds, he, he had a quote in there that has really shifted um, a lot of thinking for people like Bill Johnson, but also people like my mentor last year, Steve Backland, I interned for him last year. And that quote is, every area of our life that does not glisten 
with hope. Every area of our life that does not glisten with hope is under the influence of a lie and therefore in danger of becoming a stronghold of the enemy. <laughs> when it's said like that, then when I look out over the horizon of my life, uh, I, I can get a little, ooh, a little bit nervous and I think, wow. Wow, am I believing lies about different areas of my life? And what a lot of us have done, and what I've done in particular, is I often leave God out of the equation. That's all I've done, is I've kept my eye on the circumstance of what's happening, of what's happened repeatedly, of what the past says will happen again, and I think, well, that's it, that's it, that's it. And I, and I forget to factor in one very important thing, God. I wrote here today, the believer's hopelessness about South Africa's problems is a bigger problem than South Africa's problems. Because the very agent through whom God wants to act is placing faith in the circumstances and not the truth. It's a big deal for God's church, for you as believers. It's a big deal for us to have hope for our nation. Just some things about hope. Hope is very general. It has options. So what do I mean by that? Faith is, is specific. I have faith for this thing to happen. And sometimes this thing doesn't happen. That's where I fall onto the safety net of hope. Hope that's based on a revelation of who he is. Why? Because I, I think and I believe that this thing didn't work out, but I expect good to come. Why? Because of who God is in me. I don't believe in frivolous hope. In, uh, it's better to be hopeful than hopeless, yes. To be optimistic than negative, for sure. But there's no longevity to a hope that's not rooted in the nature of God. It really, like, I mean, I'm a positive person, but I cannot drum up that much hope, especially sometimes uh, in the face of news. Like, you just, oh, gosh, hectic. But then my hope, rooted in the na nature of who, the revelation of who God is and what he has said about this world, my hope starts to arise again. <clears throat> so hope has options. Hope is... Man, that thing didn't work out, but I know something will. There is good coming. Why? Because of him. Because of him. I'm not trying to like, preach a sugar-coated gospel that everything is okay and everything will go okay. I do believe that we, as a people, shouldn't have a, a, an expectation for negative things to happen. And when I say that, I mean like almost a faith. Some of us have gone so far into the expectation of bad things happening, like because we were afraid of disappointment, so to expect it is okay. Um, we've actually applied faith into having negative things happen. Where, <clears throat> I, I don't know, 
you may have heard this, uh, this verse. Um, I forgot to write it down. Where Jesus speaks about, uh, you will have, take heart, you will have uh, tribulation in this world. <laughs> Some people feel the need to defend their hopelessness. They really do, like they hold on to it. And they go, oh, but Jesus said, we will have tribulations in this world. And they take what Jesus was speaking as a description of the environment that we would be in and, and actually apply it as a promise to their life. If someone says that to me, I say, well, finish the verse. Because he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus never leaves us without hope. He never leaves us without hope. I mean, the power of what he did, we sing about it. The lion and the lamb. <laughs> you know, that song is, is powerful. We sing about it. Our God is overcome. The power of, of what Christ has done on the cross, the finished work of the cross and the power of the resurrection yeah. at life in us, gives us something different to believe than what the rest of the world believes about our circumstances. Some of you might be saying, well, this situation really is hopeless. Dean, you're speaking about hope. Yes, God calls himself the God of hope, but I look at it and this, to me, this situation looks really hopeless. like the Springboks in the first half against Ireland a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Hopeless. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> they came back. Take heart. Take heart. To help you with a situation or a circumstance like that, why don't you ask God one simple question? God, are you hopeless about this situation? Ask God if he is hopeless about a situation that you're facing. Because I can guarantee you, you've just lost sight of the truth. You've forgotten to equate him in. And I do that sometimes. I forget to equate him and I lose sight of the truth. I actually start to believe lies. Again, how do I know I'm believing a lie in my life? Generally, I just have to look on the dashboard of my life and look for hopelessness. And if I see hopelessness in an area, then I know in that area, I'm believing a lie. And it's quite simple to fix. Just ask God what is his truth. Ask God what his truth is about that area of your life. And I can guarantee you he'll speak. He is faithful, faithful, faithful to speak. What time do I have to be finished, Gabe? 9.10. Cool. Don't give me too much time. Otherwise, I'll just fill it. I've come to enjoy the sound of my voice. <laughs> I laugh, but actually God's really done such a deep work in me to have confidence in who I am and, and what he's done in me that he'll do through me. Um, it's actually a beautiful part of my journey that he's, he's caused me to, to actually have a confidence in who he's created me to be. Like, that's the, the gospel. 
The gospel is not a, a bunch of apologetic people. It's a bunch of confident people in, in the work of what Jesus has done in their lives. <clears throat> and another thing about hope is that it creates a boldness in us. In 2 Corinthians 3.12, it speaks about hope creating a boldness within us. And why does it do that? How does hope do that? Well, if I know that there's this incredible safety net, then I'm going to have confidence to step out. And even if something doesn't go as planned when I step out, I know that good is coming. That my God is the God of Romans 8.28. That he's able to cause good to come out of negative things. That his heart towards me is a heart of love, a heart to bring me into the fullness of who he's made me to be. A lot of people are afraid to hope because of disappointment. You know, because in Proverbs Proverbs 13.12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire realized is a tree of life. The problem is misunderstanding hope. Because hope deferred, not a desire deferred, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When we let go of hope, our hearts get sick. When we stop hoping, our hearts get sick. And even tonight, God's wanting to heal some hearts where you've let go of hope in an area, whether it is family. This is a hopeless situation with my family. Whether it's finances, you look at your finances, you're like, this is hopeless. Whether it's with friends, you know, will they ever see Jesus for who he is? Hopeless. God's wanting to heal and bring back hope. He's wanting to, he's wanting you to add him back into that equation and know that anything is possible with him. Anything is possible with him. Hope gives us boldness and courage to keep going, keep going, keep going. Again with Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. How do I get hope? Hope is not... It's not just learning about the promises of God, but it's rooted in the revelation of his nature. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, that place of intimacy and interaction with the Holy Spirit will create hope in us. How do I get hope? Be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) It's really simple. (laughs) Be filled with the Spirit of God. Mark spoke about it last week. God is spirit. Wow. (laughs) He just wanted to put an exclamation point on that one. God is spirit. (laughs) So how do I get hope? Get a revelation of God. Not a revelation of going to church. Get a revelation, that personal, intimate, who is God to me? Who is God to me? Get a revelation of God. 
get a revelation of his promises. Scripture. Scripture should ignite hope within us. If you're reading scripture and walking away hopeless, you're reading it wrong. I read scripture wrong for most of my life. I read it and I walked away more condemned. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. Because I didn't have a great understanding of grace, of, of what Jesus has done and his incredible love towards us, the Father wanting to make us more and more into the image of his Son. And so I'd read scripture and come away more condemned. I was just reading it wrong. In Romans 15... You don't have to turn the page even. That's how nice I am. Uh, Romans 15 verse 4, it says, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might find hope. There's a lot of encouragement in here. There is a lot of encouragement. We need to start seeing who God says we are through this book, through this lens. And through endurance. You probably don't need hope if the thing you're wishing for, or hoping for, sorry, not wishing, hoping for, you have. Hoping is usually like in in that space of this is something I see, and know to be uh, accessible, uh, but I don't, it's not realized right now. That's when we need hope. Uh, And you need endurance for that. A lot of people give up just too quickly. And hope inspires like an endurance within us even. So it kind of works in this crazy circle of, I'm getting tired of hoping for this thing. Well, let me remind myself again. Let me build hope up again. What does God say? What does God say about South Africa? What does he say about our leadership? What does he say about your family? You know, are they impo- is your family an impossible case? Are your finances an impossible case? If you are looking at a circumstance in your life and there is hopelessness around that, God's wanting to breathe his hope in again. Wanting to breathe his hope in again. I've seen God do the most ridiculous things. My wife and I have just lived for three years in the United States at a very unfavorable exchange rate. Very. It's gotten worse. (laughs) I think when we left it was 10. And it slid from there. And we arrived at San Francisco airport with about two months worth of finances in terms of covering expenses. We've been there for three years. Three years. I've seen like the impossible when it comes to finances. God just coming through over and over and over again. He's actually, he's rewired the way I think about finances and what's possible, what's possible. Jesus is very committed to seeing his purposes fulfilled on this earth. He'll even finance them. Really, big dreams. Big dreams that will build the kingdom on this earth. He is backing them. And he will continue to back them. And we get to go on an adventure with him 
It felt like a rabbit hole. Sorry. <clears throat> you might be... Uh, oh, sorry. And the, the third way of how to get hope. So it's get a revelation of who God is, get a revelation of who He say, uh, says He is or what He says He'll do, His promises. And the third one I put down, there are others, but be relentless with renewing your mind. One of the greatest revelations we can have is that we can think on purpose. Really. Really, we get to renew our minds. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And do not be conformed to this world or to this age, the way this age is. Don't be conformed to that. But be renewed. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind, thinking something different, will bring hope. Some of us have patterns of thought. Just through life, we have patterns of thought that are just established. And, and that's like something happens, and that's our pattern of thought. So I don't know if you'll recognize this. I recognize this in my life sometimes. Like something bad happens, and my response is, of course. Of course. Like, oh, I, like, oh, I just came into some finances, and then my car breaks. Oh, of course. Yeah? That, that, that's the way it is. It happens that way. And that, that language, that response, reveals a thought pattern and a belief system inside of me that I actually have an expectation for something negative to take place. I'm saying, of course, of the course. That's, that's what I expect in my course. God's, uh, God's calling us to believe something different. He's calling life changers to be a, a church that has hope for its city. He's calling you to be believers that have hope for their families, hope for their finances, and hope for their future. Some of you might be hopeless right now about a job situation. What, what does the future hold? Like, is there, is there room for me? Uh, God's wanting to speak into your future. He's a loving father. He's a loving father. <clears throat> So renewing your mind, the relentless pursuit of renewing your mind will inspire hope within you. And I just want to give you a very practical way of doing that. Okay. So I look at my life and I realize I have hopelessness about my family. If I have hopelessness about my family, I'm believing a lie in that area. So I need to renew my thinking. I need to renew a belief system about my family. So it's quite simple. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what lie am I believing? Because hopelessness is an indicator. So I just go, it's very simple. Holy Spirit, what lie am I believing about my family that has caused me to be hopeless? And that could be anything like, they've never responded, they never will. Um, That's just the way they are, they will always be like that. Uh, Their hearts are, are too hard for the gospel to get in, you know? Or, my family is really difficult for the gospel. 
<laughs> Some interesting noises in this place. <laughs> what was that? That one spoke to you, also. <laughs> My family is really is hard for the gospel. And when you recognize, when you recognize that thing, that lie, it's very simple to repent. To repent means to change the way we think about something. So, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I did is I left you out of the equation of my family. I left you out of the equation of my, my finances. God, I'm sorry. Help me to think something different. Help me to think as you think about this situation or this circumstance. Then ask the Holy Spirit, what is the truth about that? What is the truth about that situation? What is the truth about my family? Truth is God loves them so much, he sent his son, he sent his only son, that they would be saved. doesn't even have to be a scripture like like out of the, it can be something like I'm relentlessly pursuing your family I'm doing way more than you can see at the moment and when your heart grips onto that hope that yes that truth I've, I have that truth I'm not going to believe that lie anymore a very practical key to help establish that truth is just to declare it. Just to declare it. Speak it out. Let your voice speak it out. (laughs) And let your ears hear it. You're not trying to convince anyone else. You're just renewing your mind in this area. And as you renew your mind, you're going to establish increased hope. Increased hope. So a simple declaration would be, my family radically loves Jesus. Even if they're not saved, because you're speaking into their future, you're speaking a truth about them, you're pulling them into a future. My family has hearts that respond to the voice of God. Um, my finances, my finances are blessed by God. God hasn't always, God hasn't called me to always struggle. You know, just different, different truths. Making those declarations. Um, I was chatting to someone recently and, and they had some concerns around declarations and I do find it interesting that we are very concerned about speaking nice things about our lives. I guess we just don't want to be presumptuous. Um, but in Proverbs 18, it says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And a lot of us only hear death is in the power of the tongue. And so we like, oh, must be very careful not to speak death. And, and so we use it as a policing scripture. But that scripture, start, it says, life is in the power of the tongue. And if we get hold of that with declarations, we realize that we can actually build something within our lives. We can build something in our lives. <clears throat> so I want to say this, the God of hope is wanting to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. All joy and peace as you believe. 
so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. That's what you're called to. You're called to abound, like overflow, abound in hope. I think even to the point where people think you might be a bit ridiculous. Like, surely, look at that. That is ridiculous. Like, for you to think good can come out of that is ridiculous. I factored God into the equation. I really believe that this is going to this revelation of God being the God of hope over your lives and that he's called you to be a a people filled with hope and abounding with hope is going to bring about a radical change within your life, within this area, within this church, within this city, within this nation. Because what this nation needs, it doesn't need more complainers. It needs believers to believe God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do.